Wrap it up, let your neck snap back, huh? Saddle up, baby girl, put your hair back. Hurry up, bar, keep, keep the crew coming. Trying to drink till my back starts slumping. Like old man living by the Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. When we start getting a top 10 list of quarterbacks and running backs and GM lists, you know that the NFL season is on the horizon and we got yet another top 10 list that is, you know, they release these top 10 lists for controversy. We know this. Um, and the NFL, uh, Jeremy Fowler, I think, conducted a, a, a GM poll. And all the GMs gave like a top 10 list of the quarterbacks. And one of the biggest talking points of this list wasn't exactly who was on the list but who was off the list now the biggest name that was off the list of the top 10 was lamar jackson uh now i'm not you can believe what you want to believe i under i understand that especially gms uh everyone has opinions but in my opinion to put you know what you know, I'm, I'm just do this. I'm gonna give my top ten. I'm gonna give my top ten quarterbacks in the league right now, currently, and you'll debate from there. You can debate. You can feel how you feel. Cause again, I'm just giving my top ten. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this episode off with giving my top ten. Let's start at number. Let's 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 go from ten to one. At ten, I have Deshaun Watson. Now. Put all the allegations aside, uh, which, of course, we understand what they are at this point. Lamar, not Lamar, Deshaun Watson should be a lot higher on this list if we talk about talent in the last time we saw him play. Last time we saw him play in uh, Houston, he was putting up career numbers. And when I say career numbers, I mean, like, historic numbers. The only thing was his... (laughs) The winning, the the numbers didn't equate to winning. Now, I have Deshaun Watson number 10 because, one, we haven't seen him play in like a year, and we possibly may not see him play for yet another year. We're still waiting for them to hand down the the punishment from the findings that they got with the, with the allegations. But when he's on the field, he should be a lot higher than number 10. The only problem is, like I said, you don't know you don't know what we're going to get out of Deshaun Watson if we're even going to get Deshaun Watson this year. Now, that 10 spot was tough, man. You could have said Derek Carr, definitely. I would probably put at around 11. Um, you can kind of say maybe Matt Ryan. Now, I understand that, you know, the the lack of winning in Atlanta definitely skews a lot of people's minds when we talk or skews a lot of people's views of Matt Ryan, but – Matt Ryan can be up there. Ryan Tannehill, maybe. Kyle Murray, in my opinion, can be up there. But for number 10, I have Deshaun Watson. Just because I remember exactly what he looked like the last time we saw him play. Now, yes, it has it's been about a, it's been a year and it may be longer seeing what, what the findings will, will will bring. But at number 10, I have Deshaun Watson. At number nine, I have Joe Burrow. Now, I, I like to think that a lot of people, uh, Joe Burrow's good. Don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow is, uh, hell, I have him as a top 10 quarterback in the league. 
And Joe, one thing that I think helps Joe Burrow is his confidence. He goes into every game thinking that he is going to win. Now, we saw the 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 incredible run that he had last year to the to the Super Bowl, uh, beating you know the the ten, the Tennessee Titans. He beat Patrick Mahomes. That was an incredible run. Don't get me wrong. Not to mention he beat Derek Carr in the wild card. I think that Joe Burrow benefits from playing with some all-world all talent. He plays with Jamar Chase. He plays with uh, Tyler Boyd. He plays with T. Higgins. He plays with uh, Joe Mixon. He has a great, great supporting cast as far as you know, elite talent. Now, one of the biggest problems that he <laughs> suffered last year was, of course, the offensive line, which came back to bite them, especially in the Super Bowl against the Rams. I think that Joe Burrow is an incredible player. I think that Joe Burrow does. There are times when, you know, he he kind of overdoes it, which that comes from, you know, a young career. I think he's going to get better. I think that in the next few years, I kind of I'll kind of touch on this later in the show. I think probably in the next couple of years, we'll be we'll be arguing if Joe Burrow is a top three or four quarterback in this league, in my opinion. Maybe even the best quarterback in the league in, in a few years. But for right now, I have him at number nine. Number eight, I have Matthew Stafford. One of the biggest reasons why I have him over Joe Burrow is because he beat Joe Burrow in the NBA, I mean, NBA Finals, in the Super Bowl. Uh, we knew, people knew Matt Ryan, I mean, not Matt Ryan, people knew Matthew Stafford was good. We also, it's kind of like how... Um, I say on the, I say on this on this show all the time that fit matters, and we knew that Matthew Stafford was good. It was just he was playing for a poor division or a poor team in Detroit. There's nobody wins in Detroit like nobody. I don't remember the. I don't think I was alive the last time Detroit had a uh, a team worth watching. Now they've had some great players. They've had Barry Sanders. They've had Megatron. They've had some really good players. They just it's never equated into winning. And we knew that if Matthew Stafford just got to a competent team, got to a competent coach, got to a competent offensive line, competent uh, wide receivers, he would be great. And what do you know? Matthew Stafford gets to the Rams. He wins the Super Bowl the first year. I mean. <laughs> I do think that there are a lot of things that Matthew Stafford does, which is actually why he's number seven. I mean, eight in my in my list. There's a lot of things that he does that kind of holds him back. Like he gambles a lot. The, the, the difference, in my opinion, between him and Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo gambles, but his gambles a lot of times he loses those gambles. He loses those 50-50s. Matthew Stafford. He gambles a lot, but it's also he also has a lot of winning plays, and he wins a lot of those gambles. Like he'll throw a deep ball, and and I mean the most famous one that I can remember right now is against the Forty ers when he threw the deep ball. It hit the dude smooth. It hit the Forty er player smooth in his chest, and he dropped the ball. That would have changed the complexity of the game, and that was the. Uh, NFC Championship, I believe. So, Matthew Stafford is good, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here bashing Matthew Stafford. I just think that he does gamble a lot. He's just successful in a lot of those gambles. Um, and that's kind of why I have a number eight. Not to mention, 
when you talk about sheer talent, I think that this, you know, seven players that I have above him are just a slight bit, be- slight bit better when we talk about sheer talent. However, though, Matthew Stafford does have a cannon of an arm. That's that's one thing that that's in fact a lot of these quarter most of these quarterbacks have. Deshaun Watson has a cannon of an arm. Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford probably out of this whole list might have the second or third strongest arm as as far as throwing the ball deep. So I have Matthew Stafford at number eight. Number seven, I have Russell Wilson. A lot of people, I, I understand the 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 saying that you're only as good as your last game. You're only as good as the, the, the film that you put on tape. And the, the, the year did not end well for Russell Wilson. He got hurt. I think he broke his hand or broke his finger. He missed a couple games. He try, I, I feel he rushed back a little too soon. He was off rhythm. He just didn't look good at all. The Seahawks didn't make the playoffs. It was not a good showing for Russell Wilson at the end of the season. But a lot of people forget what happened the beginning of the season. Now, let me, let me remind you that Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has been playing behind probably the worst offensive line in the league. Outside of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, he doesn't have that many skilled positions. Like he doesn't have the most skill at the wide receiver position, at the running back position. Now he has incredible skill at the running back position, but it always, you know, Chris Carson, he, they he's he's just he he gets hurt a lot. So with all that Oh, not to mention the defense is is poor. Outside of Jamal Adams, the defense is not that good. In my opinion, Russell Wilson was leading the charge for the MVP in the beginning of the season before he broke or he broke his finger. Russell Wilson, he has some of the he he in my opinion, he has one of the best um basket drop throws I've ever seen and what people what what that means is He's able to throw the ball up, and it lands perfectly in the wide receiver's hands or wide receiver's baskets, what they call. I don't think I've seen someone that to do that just as as good as Russell Wilson. I do think that, you know, now moving from the Seahawks to the Broncos, he has a lot to prove. Uh, I mean, they, they're kind of putting championship or bust on this Broncos team. because it, It's kind of like Matthew, Matthew Stafford going to the Rams from – Detroit kind of changed the complexity of how we look at good quarterbacks going to good situations. And what I mean by that is now a lot of people expect, okay, so Russell Wilson, you go from a a poor offensive line to a good offensive line in Detroit. You go from an an inconsistent running game to a good running game in, in, in Denver. I didn't mean to say Detroit, in Denver. You go from, while, well, yes, you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you have a, t- a tad bit more weapons in the wide receiver core. You have Judy, you have Sudden, you have some really good pieces. And the defense, to, in my opinion, is leaps and bounds better than the defense in Seattle. So a lot of people are putting championship or bust on this Denver team. I just believe that, and, and Russell Wilson knows that. Not to mention the fact that Russell Wilson understands that he's only been to two Super Bowls. He's only won one. And with a person as talented as him, that's kind of an underachievement. Same thing we talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl. 
So, not to mention the fact again, he was Russell Wilson was leading the leading the way in the MVP vote before his before he broke his hand or finger. So I do think that we're you know the whole let Russ cook campaign. I do think that it's going to be successful this year, and I do think that we're going to see the best Russell Russell Wilson possible. So I have Russell Wilson at seven. Number six, I have uh, Justin Herbert. Now look. Justin Herbert, he's probably one of the more sheer talented quarterbacks on this list. When I mean by sheer talent, I mean that there's a lot that goes into his talent. Uh, He has a cannon of an arm. He is a mobile quarterback. He also stay in the pocket. He's still young, though. And what I mean by that is he still has those inconsistent games and what I and 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 that that doesn't mean that he's bad that that doesn't mean that at all what it means is there'll be games where for instance there's games like there's games like uh even though they lost the game there's games like the 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 last game of the season against the Raiders he was incredible, throwing the ball left and right. It was one of the best games of the year last year. Now, they ultimately lost, but I think that was more to, you know, clock management than anything else. But he has one of those games. He has one of those games where it's he has one of the most – he looks like one of the most incredible players ever. I mean, even though they also lost this game, we also remember how he looked against the Cowboys. These he has those games, but then he has those games like against the the Ravens, where he looked god awful. Like he now the whole team looked bad, but he looked god awful. Or you can have a half like the the half, the first half of the game against Washington, he looked terrible. So I do think that the consistency, which which also comes with time, which also comes with work, is going to get better. And if that gets better. We can talk about Justin Herbert arguably being the best quarterback in the league. That's that's how much talent I think he has. That's how much talent I think that he – I mean, again, he has a cannon of an arm. He can run. He can play in the pocket. He 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 has the senses of a, of a great quarterback, in my opinion. So I do think that, again, he needs to be a little more consistent. And when when he does that, he'll just, in my opinion, he'll just skyrocket and shoot up this list. But right now, I have Justin Herbert at six. Number five, and this is where the controversy comes. I was talking about the controversy before the I did my list. In the GM poll, that I think Jeremy Fowler. If it wasn't Jeremy Fowler, I apologize to whoever actually conducted the list. But I believe it was Jeremy Fowler. And the GM's list that came out, they did not have Lamar Jackson in the top 10. They were talking about he regressed last year. They were talking about um, his nearly all his numbers went down from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. They, they just didn't think that Lamar Jackson was a top 10 quarterback. Me, I have Lamar Jackson number five. Let me put in this couple things into perspective. Last year, the Ravens by far had the most injuries in the league. They they were decimated at running back. 
I mean, there's a reason why Devontae Freeman and and uh, Le'Veon Bell had to be on the team. They were decimated by injury at the, at the running back position. They were decimated by injury on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, people forget Derek Wolf barely played. Uh, if did, I don't even think he did. Yeah, Derek Wolf, I think, played maybe one or two games. Um, Marcus Peters was out. Marlon Humphreys ultimately went out. They were decimated at every single injury. Hell, Lamar Jackson even got hurt. The the Ravens, I don't know if it was like when we talk about a black cat, they had a black cat last year in that organization when it comes to injuries. But even in that, when Lamar Jackson was healthy, he had the Ravens. Again, the team that had the most injuries by far last year. He had them number one in the number one in the AFC. He was putting up some of some historic passing numbers, some historic running numbers. And again, hell, even his offensive line was injured. Lamar Jackson was proven that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, again, I kind of think that they look at they look at they look at the total the total number of of yards. They look at the total like what happened at the end of the year. But again, he missed majority of the, well he missed the last few weeks of the season with a sprained ankle not to mention yo and and quite as is kept i'll be real with it one of the biggest reasons why people say yo lamar jackson needs to play with a number one receiver is because there was there's a montage you can go there's a highlight tape and everything you can go look it up on youtube about how many times the wide receivers for the ravens dropped passes Hollywood Brown dropped so many passes. Rashard Bateman, he's still young. He's, you know, he should have a big a, a big leap this year or they're hoping that he has a big leap this year. He dropped Yo, the 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 wide receivers for the for the Ravens dropped so many freaking passes and even still Lamar Jackson had them number 1 in the AFC with the amount of injuries that they had. Not to mention the fact that the defense, even even healthy, was isn't that good. They're, they're okay when when perfectly healthy. When they're not healthy, like last year, they were terrible. I mean, Lamar Jackson has some great game. I mean, we remember the comeback that he did. Lamar Jackson was god awful. I was at this game. Lamar Jackson was god awful against the the Colts the first half of the game. Then we we remember the historic comeback that he had, and they ultimately won in overtime. We remember the incredible. I think it was like fourth and nineteen that they had that he had to complete against Detroit. It, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is a top. I mean, he's a former MVP. Lamar Jackson is a top five quarterback, in my opinion. I have a number five. I, I think that, again, we're going to see – I mean, we did see that he bulked up. Uh, at least we see pictures of that. But we're going to see – we're going to – Lamar Jackson is going to remind us just who the heck he is. And I'm excited to see this – I mean, Hollywood Brown's not there anymore. Now, we do still have Mark Andrews, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh the running game should be back, you know. Dobbs should be back. It's. I'm excited to see what this what this Ravens team is going to look like. Completely healthy. Um, Clayus Campbell should be back. I don't know if Derek Wolf is going to be back yet, but I'm excited to see, and I'm excited to for Lamar Jackson to remind people just who he is. So I have Lamar Jackson number five, and yes, that's over Herbert. I mean, again, there's one thing that 
now outside of Matthew Stafford, who has a Super Bowl, there's one thing that Lamar Jackson has that each player, you know, Herbert, Wilson, Stafford, uh, Burrow, Watson, there's one thing that he has that they don't, and that is a Super Bowl. I mean, what am I talking about? That is a uh, MVP. Stafford does have a Super Bowl. But Lamar Jackson has an MVP. So I have Lamar Jackson number five. Number four, I have Tom Brady. I have Tom Brady one because it's Tom Brady. You know, it's I'm not going to disrespect Tom Brady. Uh, that there's there's a lot of legacy that goes with the Tom Brady. That Tom Brady pick at number four. Also, Tom Brady did. You know, he had an incredible season last year, which a lot of people were shocked, including myself, that he retired. Now he did ultimately unretire about forty days later, but he had one of the best seasons. There were there was a lot of people that thought he was good enough to to be the MVP last year. I think he, I know that he now holds the record for the most passing yards in NFL history. I think in the season, uh, passing Drew Brees, which, I mean, you pass Drew Brees on a passing a passing stat, then something's good there. I do think that we're we're still going to get a good Brady now. Gronk not being there is big. Gronk is more like a, you know, Gronk is not being there as big. However, you do have O.J. Howard. Chris Godwin's going to come or supposed to be coming back. Mike Evans is supposed to be coming back. So you you still have some pieces and you still have some some tough weapons. And you, of course, Leonard Fournette, you, you most of your most of the team is coming back outside of Gronk, which I do think is big. Gronk not coming back. But I, I have I have Tom Brady at number four until I see someone written now. Matthew Stafford and the Rams did ultimately beat them in the playoffs. But I, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. And I still ha- I have him at number four. And number three, I have Josh Allen. <sighs> Josh Allen probably has the strongest arm in this entire list. Josh Allen, it's incredible to see the improvements that he's made over the years. Because if you remember, especially the first maybe year or two in the league, Josh Allen looked like a prime bust. Like he he had one of the he turned the ball over damn near the most. I think he had one of the worst completion percentages in the league at the time. That's like Josh Allen was god awful. And then you join uh I forgot who the coach is, but at that point, I think it's Brian Dayball, I think. You join the coach, you get them, and then now he has emerged as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, there was a time last year where he was leading the lead or leading in the MVP vote. Uh, a lot of people have the Bills winning the Super Bowl this year because of how good he's been in, in his, his, I guess, improvements year after year. Now, the reason why I have him three is because I think there's two quarterbacks better than him, but... Josh Allen, in my opinion, he had he is he when you're building a perfect quarterback, like building the when we talk about arm strength, when we talk about accuracy, when we talk about body, when we talk about height, Josh Allen is the quarterback that you create. He he's accurate, he's strong, he's he, he can run the ball. I mean, we there's a montage of him, you know, getting run, rushing touchdowns. Like Josh Allen is good. And he, to my opinion, he's the third best. Now, again, from five to one, 
maybe six to one because Justin Herbert you can throw in there. At any given day, they can be the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. I mean, Lamar Jackson, again, he was the best quarterback for for a, a good stint last year until he got hurt. Justin Herbert has shows flash that he can be great. Of course, we know about Brady. And and Josh Allen is Josh Allen. Again, a lot of people have the Bills winning the Super Bowl this year because of how good Josh Allen is and because of just how good the team is. So I have Josh Allen at number three. Number two, I have Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people are, are I'm not going to say doubting, but questioning just how good Patrick Mahomes can be now that Tyreek Hill, who is one of the best wide receivers in the league, is not on the team anymore and with with Miami. Uh <laughs> let me let me a lot of people uh, one thing that you're also hearing now is a lot of people are crediting Patrick Mahomes' greatness to Andy Reid. They're saying, you know, if he went anywhere else, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be this good. So they're pretty much crediting Andy Reid for uh, how great Patrick Mahomes is. Let me uh, let me just dispel a couple of things. Actually, I think that there I think that there is some justification in saying that Patrick Mahomes is as good as he is because he's paired with Andy Reid. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you look at every great quarterback outside of maybe one or two, they're paired with an incredible coach. I mean, we look at the heydays of Ben Roethlisberger, and he had Mike Tomlin. We look at uh, Tom Brady in the begin, you know, beginning of his career. He had Bill Belichick. Majority of his career, he had Bill Belichick, and even towards, you know, even with Tampa Bay, he had, you know, who he had. Um, I I think that there is something to be said that. A quarterback's um, supporting cast does matter. You know, losing one of the top wide receivers in the league does matter. However, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> we also, let's not forget that he has Travis Kelsey, who is arguably, in a lot of people's opinion, including mine, the best tight end in the league. I mean, he led the league in, re- in receiving yards, I believe, last year. And it's a tight end. Um, let's not forget, McCole Harmon is okay. You also have Juju Smith-Schuster. They they have some pieces, and it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we remember the incredible game that he and Josh Allen had in the playoffs that, of course, Patrick Mahomes ultimately won. That was probably one of the best games I have ever seen in my life. Now, Patrick Mahomes is also a part of another great game that I've that I've probably seen in my life, and that was when he it was him and Jared Goff going up against each other. I think it was Monday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes is great. Like there's Patrick Mahomes has sheer talent that I don't think sheer talent and instincts that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. And I do think again that not having Tyreek Hill, because let, let me not let me not disrespect Tyreek Hill, bro. Tyreek Hill is still again one of the top wide receivers in the league. He is the fastest player in the league. Losing a player like that is huge. Don't don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. Like we we know this, but 
Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And I think that – I do think that being with Aaron – I think playing for Andy Reid only enhances Patrick Mahomes' greatness. Not saying that he – he – I don't think he'd be as great if he played for a poor organization or for a poor coach. But playing Andy Reid unlocks something in Patrick Mahomes. So – and he's been a top quarterback since he started, you know. <laughs> so, and, and again, let's not remember, he was a overtime away from being in yet another Super Bowl. So, um, I have Patrick Mahomes at number two. And number one, I have Aaron Rodgers. I know a lot of people don't like Aaron Rodgers. I get it from some of the things that he, you know, some of the comments that he said, him, he, he makes some of the ways that he goes about making decisions and how he announces said decisions. A lot of people don't like Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But uh, he just, he's coming off of winning his second, or no, winning consecutive MVPs, winning his fourth overall. Now, I do understand the the criticism that he holds, which I, I agree with some of it, saying is, I mean, you can't keep winning MVP. Well, you could. You can't keep winning MVPs. I think he had, he's tied with this with the most MVPs uh, in the regular season, tied with Peyton Manning, I believe. But you can't keep winning MVPs and flaming out in the playoffs. I mean, there was a lot of people that thought that they were good enough to win the Super Bowl. They should have. I mean, they were the number one overall seed. They, they were that good. It's just – and then you, you have a bye week, and then you lose the first game against the 49ers at home. So uh, I, I do agree with the fact that th- th- I, I'm, I need to see more playoff success from Aaron Rodgers. I, I, that is, I, I agree with that completely. And I want to say we need to see what he looks like now that Devontae Adams, who is arguably the best wide receiver in the league, is gone playing with Derek Carr and the Raiders. However, this is still Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. A lot of people are saying that he is probably – Sheer talent-wise, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Not saying he is, but when we talk about the sheer talent and the package that he has. Ooh, that didn't even sound right. Hold on. <laughs> Pause. And the 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 skills that he possesses. Um, he uh a lot of people are saying he could arguably the, the most skilled quarterback of all time. And he did nothing last year outside of the playoffs to dispel that. So I have Aaron Rodgers at number one. Uh, that My list, again, is Deshaun Watson at number 10, Joe Burrow at number nine, Matthew Stafford at number eight, Russell Wilson at number seven, uh, Joe, um, Herbert, Justin Herbert at number six, Lamar Jackson at number five, Tom Brady at number four, Josh Allen at number three, Patrick Mahomes at number two, Aaron Rodgers at number one. Again, this is a hard list to make. It's a hard list to make because you're leaving out some good quarterbacks. You're leaving out Derek. I left out Derek Carr. You leave out Matthew Stafford. You leave out Dak Prescott. You leave out Ryan Tannehill. You leave out some really good quarterbacks. And and if it was a top 15, 20 list, of course, I think they'd be in there. But that's this is just my top 10. Now, who do you think? What is your top ten? Who is who is a person that I think you think should be in this list? Who do you think should be out the list? Um, I have a feeling that in the comments people are going to say something about Justin or Lamar Jackson being number five, and Deshaun Watson being number ten. 
but i want to know you guys opinion leave it in the comments we'll talk about it i'm always in the comments with you guys so uh if you have something to say say it no matter what it is uh be respectful though <laughs> and we'll talk about it but that is my top 10 quarterbacks in the league going into this or right now so let's move forward i don't know if you guys are as tired of talking about this Katie and Kyrie thing as I am, <laughs> especially when there hasn't been any updates. I mean, from what it's looking like, uh, the trade t talks with Kyrie Irving has frozen from what has been reported and the, st the, the asking price for Kevin Durant is still too steep for a lot of teams, most teams, all teams. So it got me thinking, if I'm Brooklyn, why would I trade these people right now? Or why would I trade Kyrie and KD? Here's the thing about, here's the thing. I understand Kyrie because you especially think that this whole situation was caused by his, his uh, approach to a lot of things. So I understand Kyrie, but if you think about it, Kyrie has one year left on his deal. He he has the player option. He has one year left. KD has four, and as we're seeing, the market is not as hot. Let me say this. Let me let me dispel something real quick. The market is incredibly hot for KD. Everybody and their mama wants KD. The problem is again the asking price. 4KD is incredibly high. And a lot of people don't want to want to do that because it, it just cripples their team. I mean, from what from what's being reported, the Nets are asking for two all-star or two star-like players, maybe three no, two star-like players, another like an extra player or multiple picks. That is a lot for a player. Now don't get me wrong, I understand it's Kevin Durant, but that is a lot for a player. Now, I do think that Rudy Gobert trade messed up the market. I do believe that. So, and, and I believe if the Rudy Gobert trade never happened, Kevin Durant would have been traded. I do believe that as well. But if I'm Brooklyn, I look at what's in, I look at what's in front of me. It kind of looks like the writing's on the wall for Kyrie as far as Brooklyn. I, I don't know if he's going to be able, or if not be able. But I don't know if he's coming back. I doubt it very seriously. Um, but 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 look at look at the cards that Brooklyn holds right now. Let's just speak on Kyrie. Kyrie, you have one year left in this deal. We know that the whole vaccine mandate thing is not going to play a part in. Kyrie's availability this year because I mean there's no vaccine mandate at this point um hopefully of course he's healthy as far as physically but outside of that you should have Kyrie for the entire season unless something happens but as of right now you should have Kyrie for the entire season and you're not you're not going to get a stoppage of play. You're not going to get a bubble. You're not going to get a vaccine mandate. Can only play away games. You're not getting that. You should get a full season of Kyrie. And you still have 
four years of Kevin Durant. So we always talk about player empowerment, which I believe wholeheartedly, and I believe that if you're a player, you should do what's best for you. But we know that there's going to be one time. There, there's going to be a time. In fact, we've seen it before where a player seems like they have all the leverage because they're the player. They're the commodity. They are what the teams want. But there's going to be a team that does not acquiesce to what the player wants. We've seen that once before with a huge star, and that was Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. For people that don't don't remember, Kobe Bryant wanted a trade out of out of L.A. I think his number one destination was Chicago, I believe. He wanted to get about of L.A. Like, they weren't good. They had a team with Smush Parker and Kwame Brown. They just they weren't good at all. And he wanted to get up out of there. L.A. said, uh, no, <laughs> not only not only because we talked about this last episode. Not only are you are we not trading you? We'll get you some help. We'll get you Pal Gasol, who was one of the under under the radar bigs in the league at the time. And of course, we know what the Pal Gasol Kobe Bryant pairing led to ultimately two championships. So we've seen. A team say, yo, I know what you want. I know what you want, star, but we're not giving it to you. I think that we could see this with Brooklyn. And I don't know about Kyrie again. It doesn't really seem like Brooklyn even wants Kyrie back. But when we talk about Kevin Durant, I don't know if they're going to trade him. I think that they're going to look and say, yo, Katie, we got you for four years. We see what the market is. You have Ben Simmons, you have uh, T.J. Warren, you have some, you know, we gave you Royce O'Neal, you have Seth Curry, you, you have players, Andre Drummond, uh, like this is, we, we got you, but we're, we're not trading you. And again, I told you guys last episode what I think they're doing. The price is so high that they, they can go back to Katie and say, hey, we tried, nobody wanted to do it. So now you're kind of forcing Katie's hand to be like, all right, well, I'll play. So I, I think that you're going to you're, you're, there's going to be a team that that hits you that a big star a big star asked for a trade and they're going to be like no we saw it again we saw it with KD I mean Kobe when he asked for a trade out of LA and I think that we're going to see it here because again Kevin Durant is a once in a generational talent so is Kyrie but. You have four years left in the deal, and when you're asking for a package that includes players like Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and four picks, that's a lot. Or LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kendrick Nunn, and four picks, that's a lot for one player. Don't get me wrong. Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. I'm never going to disrespect Kevin Durant and say that he's trash or anything, but that's a lot for any team to give up for a player. Now, maybe a multitude of players, like maybe give all that up to get KD and Ben Simmons. Hey, maybe, but nah, not, not just KD. So I do think that we're going to look at it since I wholeheartedly believe unless something happens while I'm recording, I wholeheartedly believe that when the season starts, Kevin Durant will be wearing a Brooklyn Nets jersey. And I'm, not too far in thinking that Kyrie will as well. That's just my opinion. So, moving forward. 
So we're going through summer league. I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna talk much about summer league because it's it's hard to to disseminate what you're seeing because uh, you're seeing some really good piece. You're seeing some really good players, of course, rookies, second year players. Um, but then you're also seeing some really bad basketball, and, and because a lot of these players aren't going to be on NBA rosters, let alone G League rosters. So these are teams trying to trying to fill out the team, trying to see who makes it, who doesn't. Like that's that's pretty much what it is. But Richard Jefferson and the NBA Today crew brought up a topic that I wanted to discuss. And that was, should it be mandatory for second and third year players to play in the, play in the summer league? Now, to answer this question, or to give my opinion on this answer, on this question, you have to first understand what the summer league is. The summer league is for players to to play basketball. It's for players to 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 work on their craft, to get better, to play with some, not all, but some NBA talent or G League talent, and just work on your game. It's for now. The reason why you don't see older players because what it look like? Why does it? What what does Steph Curry need to work on? Four time champion Steph Curry. What does LeBron James need to work on? So that's why we don't see stars play in the summer league. But Richard Jefferson went on a uh, a rant talking about players should, young players, second years, and some third-year players should play in the summer league. And I completely agree. Now, he gave out names, so I'm not singling out any of these players, but I will say some names. Players like Jalen Green, who's not playing in this year's Summer League. Players like Jalen Suggs, who's not playing in this year's Summer League. Players like Evan Mobley, who's not playing in this year's Summer League. Players like uh, Scotty Barnes, who's not playing in this year's Summer League. I'm not saying you have to play the entire Summer League. Hell, you even see uh, Paolo Bancaro. The Magic shut him down. He he was He's been incredible this Summer League. They shut him down. He's not playing in the Summer League anymore. I'm okay with that, but at least he's playing. Josh Giddy, who was an incredible player, he's playing in the summer league and showing out next to Chet Holmgren. So I just think I don't understand why. Like, what has Jalen Green? And again, I'm not singling him out, but what has Jalen Green done to justify not playing in the summer league? What has Jalen Suggs done to justify not playing in the summer league? What has Evan Mobley done to justify not playing in the summer league? Again, I understand that these are good players. I will never disrespect them. I mean, there was a good, there was a good point in the year where Evan Mobley was the rookie of the year. You know, Jalen Suggs had a had a good year for the Magic. Um, Jalen Green had a good year for the, for the Rockets. However, they still showed signs of being young. Which, of course, that's what they're going to do because they're young players. They're rookies. So you're telling me that more more playing time is bad? Hell, look at the Warriors. The Warriors just won a championship. And Jonathan Kaminga was, while he wasn't that big of a factor in the, 
in the in the finals, he was a big factor for them in the playoffs. Jonathan Kaminga's out there playing. Moses Moody's in there out there playing. Now, I also understand James Wiseman was hurt most of the year, but James Wiseman's out there playing. What I'm saying is the Summer League, unless you get hurt, the Summer League does nothing for you but enhance your skills. More basketball. I, I know it's a it's a foreign concept, but the more you play basketball, the better you should get. And I just I I'm I'm with Richard Jefferson, man. Why what what why are second year players a lot of second year second and some third year players not well mostly let's just stick to second. Why are second year players not playing in the summer league? What and, and I'm not saying it's on the players, it's on the organization. Like, why is the Magic not telling Jalen Suggs again? By the way, the Magic's had one of the worst, worst records of the year last year, which is how they were able to get Paolo Bancaro at number one. Why is the Rockets, who had one of the worst, who had one of the worst records in the league last year, which is why they were able to get Jabari Smith at three? Why? Uh, is he why is Jalen Green not playing in the summer league? I don't understand. Again, I also I understand that the summer league is not exactly what you're gonna see in the league. Like I understand the summer league Golden State team is drastically different from the Golden State team that just won the championship. I also understand that you know um, the 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 golden the 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 summer league teams are not the NBA teams, but more basketball does nothing but help. Don't you? I don't. I don't understand it, man. Now I understand there are some instances, like I, it was hard. I, LeBron James, from year one to year two, you don't need to play in the summer league, bro. You you run. You don't need to play in the summer league, bro. Carmelo Anthony, you didn't need to play in the summer league, bro. I, I get that. There's some, but. Kevin Durant, you didn't need to play in the summer league the second year. Come on, bro. We know this. It's, these are once in generational talents. But I just, the summer, I don't know, bro. It, it's just, I, I think that you don't, you only get better by playing. So why don't you play as much as possible, at least early on? So I, I, I agree with Richard Jefferson. I do think that, you know, t- players, especially on teams that don't, win that that had, that didn't win that much a year before i think it would only be beneficial and again i'm not saying you have to play the entire summer league again palo bancaro is a rookie but we've seen very quickly oh yeah he is probably the best rookie uh right now so let's just we don't need to see no more and i i agree with that but why not play one or two games i don't know man and lastly before we go uh we kind of have the unpopular topic of the day. And honestly, I don't think today is unpopular to say, but I, you know, when we talk about bat, we, I talk about basketball a lot on, I talk about sports mostly, but I talk about basketball a lot on this pot on this podcast because basketball is my first love. That's, that's my favorite sport. And one thing that I was saying, and I've been saying is that we are in the golden age of, of basketball. Meaning the sheer talent that we're seeing on any given night. I mean, think about it. Some of the worst teams have some of the most athletic, some of the some of the most the best shooters. We like look at the magic. Look at Jalen Suggs. Look at Cole Anthony. Look at Paolo Bancaro. You talk about the Kings. Look at 
Look at De'Aaron Fox. Look at the bon- uh, Sabonis. Indiana, you have Miles Turney. You have uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And th- those are just the bad teams. The Wizards have Bradley Beal. Have Rui Hachimura. We are in the golden age of basketball, and I say that a lot. But the unpopular po- unpopular topic of the week is, or the day, is I think that we are in the golden era of sports in general. And what I mean by that, I, I saw Novak Djokovic this uh, this weekend or Sunday. Congratulations to him for winning his fourth consecutive Wimbledon title. And that pushes his Grand Slam win to 21. He has 21 Grand Slams. And I think he has seven overall Wimbledon titles, but I th- he has won his fourth consecutive. And it dawned on me, yo. Watching Novak Djokovic, we are in the golden era of sports. And I'm not just talking about, you know, you can get information anywhere. I'm talking about sheer talent. There's not a sport, any sports you can, any sport, there's at least one or two players where you can argue is the greatest. I mean, baseball, we talk about show uh, Otani, Mike Trout. Mookie Betts. If you if you go to basketball again, LeBron James, Steph Curry, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, KD. Football, you have Tom Brady, you have Aaron Rodgers. We can even take those out since they're they're, they're a little older. We have Patrick Mahomes, we have Josh Allen, we have Lamar Jackson, we have Justin Herbert, we have Joe Burrow. Hockey, Connor McDavid. Uh, Austin Matthews, uh, Igor Shosturkin. We still have the old, I mean, the older crew. We still have Sidney Crosby. We still have Alex Oveshkin. Hell, you can talk about women's sports, of basketball. Now we can talk about Sylvia Fowles. She's she's retiring. So is Sue Bird. So is Diana Taurasi. But outside of them. You have Candace Parker. You have Drew Lloyd. You have really good players. And we didn't even mention my Morgan Shane play in a minute. We have Elena Deladon. We have Natasha Cloud. We we have uh, Novak Djokovic, Ra- uh, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, Naomi Osaka. Uh, uh, Coco Golf, Serena Williams, Simone Biles. What's what's her name? Shohei. I totally I apologize for pushing your name, but she's the Olympic athlete. What I'm saying is, there is not a sport that you can look at. And there's an argument that there's one or two players that could be in the conversation of greatest players. And you can't look at the sport and see the vast the vast talent in the entire sport. Hell, I bag on baseball heavy. Like, I am a heavy, heavy uh, critic when it comes to baseball and how baseball is run. 
But even, I mean, even baseball, Pete Alonzo, Juan, uh, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper. The, the, this is probably the best sheer talent we've ever seen in baseball. In any sport. So, congratulations to Novak Djokovic for winning his fourth consecutive, and I believe seventh overall. I'm not too sure about the seventh. I think it is seven, but fourth consecutive Wimbledon title. And winning his 21st Grand Slam, career Grand Slam. And there's an argument between who's the best right now. Like, is it Novak Djokovic? I mean, is it Novak Djokovic? Is it Rafael Nadal, who has 20 Grand Slam wins? And I think just won Wimbledon the year prior. Or no, won Wimbledon uh, a few years ago. Or won the Australian Open. Is it Roger Federer? We know how great Roger Federer is. I'm just saying, man, this is the golden age of sports. Athletes have never been this talented, ever. And I, I do think it's a pleasure being able to, to, to be alive and sit through this. Now, I'm young, girl, when it comes to sports. So I didn't see Magic Johnson's prime. I didn't see Jordan's prime. I saw Jordan. I didn't see Jordan's prime. I didn't see, you know... <laughs> I didn't see uh, Joe Montana. I didn't see Troy Aikman's prime. Dan, uh, uh, I, I didn't see Wayne Gretzky's prime. I didn't see Arthur Ashe's prime. I didn't see Babe Ruth. I didn't see uh, Hank Aaron. I didn't see Barry Bonds prime. But I'm able to get to see, you know, Steph Curry's prime, LeBron's prime. KD's prime, Novak Djokovic's prime, Roger Nadal's prime, Connor McDavid's prime, Austin Matthews' prime. How even soccer. Uh, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Mabipe. I'm just saying, man. This is the golden age of sports, and this is, there's not a sport on this planet that is not, I'm going to say, there's, if you look at every sport, there's at least one or two players, you look at the sheer talent, it's better than it's ever been, and there's at least one or two players that you can argue could be greatest of all time, and I think that's incredible. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. I would definitely appreciate it if you got your Unpopular Prog- Unpopular Podcast merch today. I think it looks good, so get yours today. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely, definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love. I can't help but feel neglected Changing up the schedule, your calendar refreshing Time passing, we move on, nobody says shit How I'm supposed to act when my morals ain't respected How you supposed to act when your feelings ain't protected
for cashing checks just to get some neck and some necklaces. What's next? More turbulence, praying on this plane. Success, got a taste of it, never was the same. Trademark on that pussy, trademark in my brand new bitch. Yeah, duh, hold up blood, hold up cub, hold up sis. Huh. LLC the Glock, and I LLC my bitch. Huh. Cash need the rock, I go crazy on my kids. Huh. Had to tell my grandma sit back, relax and shit. Huh. Make nigga buy her house and car, she's off the list. Huh. Fake nigga talking about he rich but barely is. Huh. Figures jumping off the stage into the kids, huh? Single yeah. out the shooter, take the shooter to the blitz, huh? Dropping yeah. out of school, drop deposit on the crib, huh? Yeah. Popping out on Instagram, I only post my bitch, huh? I don't need your input, get your two cents off my pick, huh? Generation money, type of money, dying rich, and I wanna say shout out to the dead. Now I flex, whoa! Shout out to the dead, to the dead, to the dead. Huh. Shout out to the dead, to the dead, to the dead. Shut up to the dead, to the dead, to the dead. Shut up to the dead, to the dead, to the dead. I'm sick of you niggas not taking a risk. I'm taking revenge and taking my course. I cannot compete with the mother my sister. My tolerance low, I don't tolerate force. I protect, I am the one. I rose and fall to score. I your nigga not ready to settle the walk. You nigga yeah. not ready to stop being ho. You nigga not ready to open the doors. You nigga run in, take all with the joy. You nigga not really the riches on forest. You nigga not ready to deal with your sacrifices and instead you're passing the torch. I check the surveillance camera at the cemetery. See me dancing on all of your corpse. Go! Twice had to go and switch plates. Bitch, don't think shit sweet. I'm the same baby came in 48 states. I play charades with the bank, just net 10 million. Now I'm back with the rate. And now I'm going home with the loop. Mama going home with a coupe. Facing the vision by the 13th I was 15 